Good morning, everybody. Let me welcome you this morning to Bible study time. Good night's rest and that you're ready to go here for a time to sit with the word of the Lord and enjoy the day that God has set before you. I know that I will. And I'd like to pray with you for opening today. So let me invoke the Lord here. Let us pray. We stay at work. You are truly our high priest, and we worship you and love you above all things. Make us especially mindful of your presence. For we need you and love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're continuing to study the wonderful treatise of Hebrews. We're going to be looking together at a passage or two of that beautiful, beautiful of God. Hebrews is a wonderful thing, full of mystery and marvel and beauty. I think today most especially because our theme is Jesus as the high priest. The passage that I'm going to be talking with run from a, from chapter 4 of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 14, if you'd like to turn there. So we're going to run along here and take a look at these beautiful words that the Lord has especially for us today. I'm going to read this thing in sections, one, two, three, and four. At the end of each one, I'm going to make some comments on it, and then we'll be done. Section one is chapter four, verse 14. If you've turned there, you'll be following along in your different translations and versions. I'm using the Living Bible simply because it is rather easy. But Jesus, the Son of God, is our great high priest who has gone to For let us never stop trusting in him. And there ends the first section of the reading. Just that one verse tells us that Jesus Christ passed through the heavens. Remember. At the time of the ascension, he passed through the heavens, victorious over sin and death. He's a great priest. A great priest. Not, not the priest of this earth, but the priest that God devised for us to be our great mediator between this world and the world to come. Between our life here and our life there. I like to say sometimes, he is the human priest. Jesus never stopped being human. On a Christian church altar, there are usually two candles. You'll tell your acolytes what they are and what they're doing. 
One represents the humanity of Jesus. The other one, his divinity. Just because Jesus went to heaven doesn't mean he stopped being human. He still knows us where we are. And because of that, you see, he can be a great priest to us. He knows what we're going through. And he's willing to help us. Just like a great high priest. Not only is he human, but he's a great, unique deity of all humanity. The most unique that ever was. Jesus, the high priest. You know, there's something about a high priest I discovered is that when they put their clothes on, everything they put on has something to do with the Lord. The great high, the high priest of Hebrews and the temple, his underwear was linen and white, tied with a string. Over that went his gown of white. And that, he put a white turban on top. With that on his head, he was equipped to enter the Holy of Holies. Only sinless. Only now that the atonement had been done, could the high priest enter. And find we could find forgiveness of our sins and be atoned of our sins through the work of the great high priest. And the same is true with Jesus. He's pure and beautiful. And he's entered into the great heavenly holy of holies and has taken away all our sin, even death, upon himself because he loves us and wishes us so much well. And the high priest of a human nature has certain duties, many of them ceremonial, many of them too numerous to mention. But there are a couple I want to mention, which you may not have thought about. One is that he is in charge of the administration of the temple. He gets in charge of that. There's a lot of work involved in that, but he's in charge of it. He's in charge of the administration of your life. Let the high priest have control for a change. His name is Jesus. Also, the great high priest in Hebrew temple was in charge of the finances. What he says went when it came to that subject. We have another high priest. But the question that I ask myself, and perhaps you might too, is, is the high priest in charge of our finances? Is Jesus in control of our checkbook? Is Jesus in control, control of the administration of our lives and what we do, what we say? Well, that's because he's the high priest. Let him be in charge of that for a while. See how good that feels to be released of the duty of you being your own high priest. That never works very well. Let me look at the fourth chapter, verse 15. We're going to start here at uh, the Jewish high priest is merely a man like anyone else. Beginning of the fifth chapter. But he is chosen to speak for all other men in their dealings with God. He presents the gifts to God and offers to him the blood of animals 
that are sacrificed to cover the sins of the people and his own sins too. And because he is a man, he can deal gently with other men, though they are foolish and ignorant, for he too is surrounded with the same temptations and understands their problems very well. And there ends that little section there at verse 15 to chapter 5, verse 3. We discover quickly that this high priest is able to sympathize with us because of his humanity and his He's able to be compassionate to us again because of the love of God that is in him. He is God called. God called him. He has the sympathetic ear of the nation in its religious need. Okay, Jesus has also the compassionate, sympathetic ear of our needs. In our desires. The Old Testament says he gives you the desire of your heart. Jesus gives no less. And he deals gently with us. He doesn't lord it over us. He deals gently with us. The high priest in the Hebrew world. When he came out of that. Holy of Holies. He put on a blue robe. like Kind of like a, a, a jumper for the ladies. Or or what the liturgically called as a scapula. It had two uh, things going over the shoulders and went down long like a skirt. Blue. Blue, why blue? Because it represented the sky and heaven above. Now that the priest had atoned of sins come out, he was fit for heaven. You are fit for heaven. God deals with you gently, you see. He is aware of your needs. And he wants to vest you. He wants to cover you with his love. That's the high priest Jesus. He himself was subject to his own weaknesses. One of the most wonderful texts in the Bible, of course, is the temptation of Jesus. How he goes into the desert and the devil meets him there. And that struggle takes place for 40 days and 40 nights. He suffers for hunger, for need but learns that in that suffering is a victory that comes. And so Jesus himself is subject to his own compassion, his own weaknesses. He'll stop for you. He'll he'll call the dogs off of you. He'll help you when you're in need. Just like he was tempted in the desert. So it is that this high priest knows something about the desert that you may be wandering in, that you may be walking in. Oh, give it over to the great high priest, Jesus, whatever it is that you struggle with, and leave it with him there, because he can handle it. He can deal with that. If we look at chapter 5 and verse 4, we will begin this section here. That talks about how it is that Jesus learned obedience. Listen. Chapter 5, verse 4. Another thing to remember is that no one 
can be a high priest just because they want to be. He has to be called by God, for this work is the same way God chose Aaron. That is why Christ did not elect himself to the honor of being high priest. No, he was chosen by God. God said to him, My son, today I have honored you. And another time God said to him, You have been chosen to be a priest forever with the same rank as Melchizedek. Yet while Christ was here on earth, he pleaded with God, praying with tears and agony of soul to the only one who would save him from premature death. And God heard his prayers because of his strong desire to obey God at all times. And even though Jesus was God's Son, he had to learn from experience what it was like to obey when obeying meant suffering. There ends the reading. That is an important portion for us to think about too. Corey Ten Boom, the famous Netherland lady who hid Jewish people during the Second World War from the wrath of the Germans. She ran a place where they could hide. And Corrie ten Boom traveled and lectured about that for many years and developed a beautiful sense of God and God's closeness. She said this quote, I want to quote her. She said, Look within and you will be depressed. Look to the world and you will be distressed. If you look at God, you will be at rest. Unquote. That quotation has a lot to say to us in our modern day. When we look within ourselves to settle our problems and go deep in us, often we just wind up being depressed. When we look at the world and try to get comfort from the world or try to see reason or rationality in the world, we are going to be distressed. For everywhere is war, rumors of war, everywhere is sickness, COVID, I don't know where this world, but the important thing is, it's distressing, distressing. Look within depression, look with the world, look without distressing, but Look at God and be at rest. Because God is your great high priest whose intercessory ministry is marvelous. Jesus, you see, came by his obedience to God through the process of being human. Not by being necessarily divine, By being human, he learned how to take it, how to obey when being obedient meant that you were going to suffer. This is the the, the long rocky road 
from just being justified to being sanctified. From a relative change in a human heart to a real change. When a person has given up things for God, like this season of Lent shows us, and it hurts and it makes you, perhaps it's food or some, some hunger thing, something you've denied yourself, and it hurts. Well, that's how you learn obedience to God. I come to the garden alone, the hymn writer writes. While the dew is still on the lilies, roses are dark. You see, we walk in gardens often alone, learning, suffering, being prepared by God, just like Jesus. Did he not go to the Garden of Gethsemane, our great high priest? Did he not pray there and weep tears of blood? Not what I want, he said, but what you want. We want what we want, not necessarily what he wants. The sanctified route, the route of holiness, is to say, not what I want, but what you want, O Lord. Well, we, you see, are in fact a royal priesthood because we model ourselves along the line of this great High Priest Jesus. Our experience of him takes us through suffering upward to victory in the Lord. Victory. Victory comes in learning the obedience of godliness. It's not a free gift, but it results in victory. I uh, I know you all have seen, I'm not advertising Nike, but here's a baseball cap. Made by Nike, right? Well, Nike is the Greek word for victory. Victory. See, Nike is a, Nike is a sporting goods company, and they're concerned with winning and being victorious. So, if you want to be a victorious Christian, very often it's going to lead you through ways of suffering and learning patience Kindness, humility, these are biblical virtues. They are also virtues that were extant in the world at the time, but these virtues, given the caste of the great high priest, is very different. When Jesus gives you a cup of water, oh, there's no water like that on this earth. The priest Melchizedek, that fascinating figure, who comes out of the deep Old Testament book of Genesis where Abraham has just won a great victory. He is met by a king priest. King of Salem was his name. And Salem is where old Jerusalem finally became the land and the city of the Jebusites. Right there in Jerusalem, Before Jerusalem was Jerusalem was Melchizedek. And what did he bring as a gift for Abraham? He brought bread and wine. Jesus is in the line of that priest, Melchizedek, not the line of Aaron, 
which results in high priest. For a while, the high priests of Aaron were chosen uh, based on the fact that they were born into it. Uh, it, was, it was it was descendants. Then in the second temple period, when Herod was there, they just did away with that and started appointing high priests. At one point, that was a 17-year-old boy was was high priest. A puppet of, of Herod was high priest. But Jesus is not in that line. Jesus goes back to the line of Melchizedek who brought bread and wine, body and blood, body and blood. The body is pure in Christ Jesus, the high priest. The blood, the blood of the altar flows through the heart of this high priest that we have. Well, he is appointment with God, by God. To be dependent totally on God. He prayed and he wept. And he learned obedience through what he suffered. You will too. It's a bad person that tells you you're never going to suffer. Because you are. You are. Somebody you love is going to die. And when they do, you're going to have to, you're going to come to the awareness that death is a sin. Death is a sin. And the person that died didn't sin, but death itself is sin. The Bible tells you that. And the high priest, the high priest, even the Hebrew high priest, wouldn't go anywhere near death. Wouldn't go in a graveyard. It was forbidden for him to get anywhere near death. Because death itself was sin. Not the person that died, but the sin. Sin was death. The last enemy, the Bible says, is death. That's that's. When the high priest Jesus was victorious over the grave, the high, and then death went scrambling away from him, scrabble, scrabble across the gravel of Jerusalem, because Jesus now had showed us the way to resurrection victory, the way to resurrection Nike. Well, let me read chapter 5. To ten, chapter five. Let me just get it here. See nine. It was after he had proved himself perfect in this experience that Jesus became the giver of eternal salvation to all who obey him. For remember that God has chosen him to be a high priest with the same rank as Melchizedek. He became the source of eternal salvation. His priesthood was effective. It, it holds good and fast. Obedience is not necessary for him. Not only necessary for Jesus, but it's necessary for us to be obedient to God. We live in an impatient world. The world is so impatient right now. They want everything without a struggle to get it. Looking for something, some kind of instant salvation is wonderful. You could get it, you know. But salvation is to be worked out with fear and trembling. The Bible says holiness is a, a life and it is the way of the cross. What did Jesus say? If any want to be my followers, let them take up the cross and follow me. That's a work of a lifetime. Not five minutes. 
That's Matthew 16, 24. One more time. If any want to be my followers, let them take up the cross and follow me. Well, this has been a sort of a stern text in a way. If we talk about the priestly life of the high priest, we can talk all day. We can talk about different things, but Jesus now is our high priest. And I invite you to love him. I invite you to, well, stop resisting him. He may have work for you to do in places you have never seen before. He certainly had work for Carrie Ten Boom to do that she wasn't expected to do, but her suffering taught her obedience. And brought her to Christ. Beloved. I want you to face the fact. That God. Loves you. In a priestly. Priestly way. He's done his work. His work is finished. All we need to do. Is love him. And not resist him. I'm indebted to. Raymond Brown. A commentator. Today who has done a lot of work on the book of Hebrews. If you would would like to study more deeply what it is we've been skimming the top on in our time together, you can consult him. He, it's, uh, his book is called The Message of Hebrews, and it's a series called The Bible Speaks Today. But It was written in 1982. Raymond Brown was a great, great teacher of the Bible. And this this theme runs through his work, so you can go there for that purpose if you'd like. Raymond Brown, The Message of Hebrews. Again, I read from the Living Bible to you, so the Living Bible I hope was, was, was clearer for you. The business I had from the high priest came from a, came from uh, an online study that I did. I simply simply googled the high priest of Israel and there was just umpteen descriptions of the high priest. So you can you can do that to help you in your work. Uh but know that God is with you and that you have a wonderful, wonderful week ahead, weekend ahead. And God loves you and so do I. So do I. So I'm going to bid you farewell and bless you in the name of Jesus, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Bye-bye. Eu quero ser